Every July here at Action Church, we do a series called The Summer of Rock, where we take some of our favorite rock songs, and we talk about the biblical meaning behind those songs. And I love that song today, and as I was studying out that song this week and trying to get the message of that song, I found it interesting that the lead singer of Four Non Blondes, she said, there is no meaning to this song. She said, it's whatever somebody interprets as the meaning of this song. It means different things to different people. And I've got to be honest with you. There's a lot of truth to that statement as Ashton and I were talking last week about the song. And she was like, hey, what about this song? I said, man, I love that song. I said, to you, what does the meaning of that song mean? And she told me her meaning. And I was like, man, that's a great meaning. And that'll make a great message. And so I went this week and I had that thought in my head. And as I began to read the lyrics, I got to be honest with you, I got a totally different message from the song. Because it's just one of those songs, depending on where you are in life, it speaks to you in different ways. I I like it's kind of like a testimonial song, if you will. She starts the song off by kind of showing you where she's at in life. She's like, man, I'm 25 years old, and she's expressing these feelings of confusion. She's expressing these feelings of, of discontent, if you will, to the point that she's so discontent with what's going on in society that it leads to her laying in her bed, and she says she's crying kind of as a form of relief. She's so overwhelmed by what's going on in society that she's laying in bed just realizing, man, I don't fit in with what's going on. And she's laying in this bed. But what's interesting about that is by the time the morning arrives in the song, she's feeling a whole lot better. She's had a night of sleep. She's starting to realize, man, I don't have to fit in to what society says I have to fit into. To the point that the uh, the Bible, the song says, she gets out of her bed, walks out the front door, screams at the top of her lungs, What's going on? It's kind of a cry of rebellion. What's going on in our society? What's going on with with what's happening in our world? I I just don't get it. And, And she goes on and she begins to express these issues in this song where she's kind of just discouraged, if you will, with the culture at large. Matter of fact, she even, one of the lines in the song says, she's beginning to pray for revolution. She's praying that things change Because as she examines normal, normal just isn't working. She's struggling, if you will, with what I've always referred to as the institution of normal. And then she says a line in the song that instantly struck me. She says, man, I'm starting to feel a little peculiar. I'm starting to feel a little weird that I just don't fit in with what society says I ought to do to fit in. I just don't fit in with what everybody else is doing and how they're going about their lives, and it's leading me to feel a little peculiar. And that word peculiar is interesting because it literally means weird. She says, I'm feeling a little bit weird as I examine how everybody else goes about life, and I don't know about you, but if I was to be honest today, there's a lot of times that I look around with what's going on as normal in our society, and I just feel a little bit weird about it. 
As Christ followers, we're in a unique situation. I, I often find myself in a position of not feeling like I fit in anywhere because the world says do X, Y, and Z, yet the Bible says do A, B, C. But then I find myself in a more interesting position. Not only do I find myself so many times not necessarily clicking with what society says, I find myself not clicking with what the church says. Because so many times the church has become about everything and anything except what's in this book. We've become about tradition. We've become about rules. We've become about what has always been said. And actually we've taken this book and if we were to be honest, we've Americanized this book. We've turned Jesus into a blonde-haired, blue-eyed savior. And the church looks a whole lot more like a Fortune 500 company than it does the church found in the book of Acts. So when you're trying to follow Christ, you can't help but be in this peculiar situation because you don't connect with what the world says you should do. But if we were to be honest, and if you're part of Action Church, you probably feel this way, we don't really connect with what the church says either. It makes us a little bit peculiar, if you will. We, we've moved away from society's teachings, but there's a group, a remnant of us, that are starting to move away from the church's teaching, and it can almost be maddening. You just want to scream at the top of your lungs, what's going on? It's frustrating because we long to feel a sense of normalcy. There's something in us that wants to fit in. And so many people compromise their beliefs and compromise their convictions and compromise their morals all in the name of fitting in. To be accepted, even adults, this isn't something that goes away when you get out of high school. Matter of fact, I dare say adults are worse than kids about wanting to fit in, wanting to be accepted. We find our little cliques that we can join and we think that we're different than everyone else but we're just like everybody else in our clique because we want to fit in. The issue with wanting to feel normal and the issue with wanting to feel like you fit in is nowhere in the Bible does it say we're to be normal. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we're to look like everybody else looks and act like everyone acts. God calls us actually to use the phrase from the song, he calls us to be peculiar. Dare I say that when you're marching to the beat of your own drum, society will look at you and it almost becomes weird, if you will. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation. God chose us. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. Look what it says. It says we are a peculiar people. We are a weird people. That you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into light. The Bible says God has called us out from darkness, put us into light, where we can be an example of what a biblical life looks like. Where the life of a Christ follower looks like. And it's funny, a lot of people will even say, man, I don't want to live a normal life. I want to live a different life. Yet their actions scream living normal. <laughs> I've never said my goal in life was to be normal. 
But if you look at the way I lived for years, I was striving for normalcy. If you would have called me weird in the past, it would have offended me. I would have thought something was wrong with you. I would have taken it as a discouraging remark. And now if you were to say, man, Gary and Christine and there, man, they just live a little bit weird. They live a little bit different. I wear it as a badge of honor. Because when you live and you want to live like normal people live, you do the things that normal people do. And you end up where normal people end up. Which, to be honest with you, for so many people is right in the middle of a life full of hurt. Normal isn't working. (laughs) Normal, by what society calls normal, is broke. Look all around you. Look at your friends. Look at your relatives. They're living broken lives, but it's normal lives because everybody else is doing it. And then we give our lives to Christ and we think, man, that's the way we want to live. But then we look at the church and the church is broke. It took me losing everything in my life about 12 years ago to realize, man, normal isn't working in the church. And normal isn't working in our society. It's time for some people to to blaze their own path and live biblical lives. And dare we say, be weird. It's funny when I lost everything and I had nothing. I no longer had everything to look through the church lens and I had nothing to look through the, to the society's lens and I just began to look through the biblical lens and you begin to look at the life of Jesus. Let me enlighten you on something about Jesus in his day and time. Jesus was weird. He was countercultural in every sense of the word. The people of that day and time of society and the religious people of the day had never heard teachings like the teachings of Jesus. It's funny, it took some of my darkest days of my life to become some of the most enlightening days of my life where you get to the point where you don't care who likes what you're doing, you just want to play for an audience of one. But most of you don't have the testicular fortitude to do that because you're influenced by everybody around you and God forbid they look down on you or think you're weird. But the Bible says we're to be a peculiar people. And it's funny, we get so caught up in what's normal and we never acknowledge that normal isn't working. How many of you know Some weird people, man. Like bad weird. Like you know some weird people. You know what I mean? Just weird people. You're like, that dude is weird. Now how many of you know like um, like some good weird people? Not, listen, perverts. Like God weird people. Like people that are like, man, you're like, they're just weird for the things of God. There's just something different about those people. The Bible says this, and I've never looked at this verse like this to this week. The Bible says this in Matthew 7. It says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few will find it. I remember when I lost everything reading those verses and they kind of rocked my world. It says, broad is one gate and narrow is another gate. And the broad gate leads to destruction. Doing what everybody else is doing and what society deems normal and what the church deems normal leads to destruction. But there's this narrow gate. (laughs) 
When we enter through the narrow gate, it leads to life. It leads to fulfillment. It leads to abundance. (laughs) The problem with the broad gate is, as we're going through the broad gate, everybody's around us. There's a lot of people because everybody's going through that gate. And we almost think we're doing the right thing because if everybody's doing it, it must be okay. And we find comfort that there's people around us. But you enter through that narrow gate, there's fewer and fewer people. But what you find out about those fewer and fewer people is you find people who are living life of freedom. They're living life by their own rules. They're living life uninhibited by what society says they should do and what people say they should do. And, and Jesus said, many, many crowd will go through the broad gate and they'll think they're doing the right thing, but they're leading to destruction. <laughs> Very few will go through the narrow gate and experience this amazingness of life. If your life, let me enlighten you on something today. If your life looks like everybody else's life, if you're doing what everyone else is doing, if you consider yourself pretty normal, it could be because you're on that broad road, going through that broad gate, and you're going to end up with the same results that everyone else ends up with. See, I don't get what you're saying here. You're telling me, Normal's wrong. Well, let's look at normal for a minute. Because normal's such a normal word that we think it's normal. But let's look at what normal is in our society about our schedules. Normal is to be overwhelmed in our scheduling, rushed in our scheduling, stressed in our scheduling, panicked in our scheduling. Never enough time for what's important because we're overwhelmed with the urgent and missing out on the quality. I have an office, or I've been working up at Thrive, the new co-working space here in town, and there's people all around me, and I'm nosy. So you can't help it. They leave their computers open, and did I say I'm nosy? I'm nosy. This guy the other day was working on his calendar. Man, he was sharp. He had that sucker color-coded. Bam, 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 bam. I guess he caught me being nosy because I'm not real discreet in my nosiness. He said, man, that's a crazy schedule, ain't it? I said, well, I don't know what's on it, but it looks pretty crazy. He said, man, for the next 11 days, I'm booked 16 hours a day. He said, man, my wife and kids are not going to be happy. But that's normal in my line of work. Oh, okay then excuse me that I don't want to be normal. Let's look at what society says is normal about money. Be honest. Society says, man, pursue material things that'll never make us happy. Pursue material things to impress people that we don't even like in the first place. Normal in our society, let's be honest, because normal's working, right? Normal's is to be flat-ass broke, which is what the large majority of people in our society are. Hence why when a pandemic hits, everybody goes into freak-out mode because we can't live past one paycheck being missed. But hey, that's cool. It's normal. It's cool that the average American has $16,000 in credit card debt. You'd be normal. Two car payments, a house payment that is more than they can afford. But you be normal. Normal's working. 
Go finance that furniture and go finance that TV and go find. I talked to a guy, he financed his lawnmower. A lawnmower. Go be normal. Because that's what society says do. And then deal with bankruptcy and deal with stress. And deal with freaking out if you only get 39 hours this week instead of 40 because you can't pay your bills. But that's okay. Why? It's normal. I'd rather be weird. (laughs) Think about our professional life. We work paycheck to paycheck doing something we don't even like. Just to get by. We get off work every day dreading going back the next day because we're miserable. We always have this feeling that, man, if we can just get around this hump, there's going to be more, but we can't ever figure out what it is. But you go be normal. Go to a job that you hate. Work for a man you can't stand. And make him a millionaire. Oh, did I say that? But that's okay. Because that's what normal says to do. And we all want to be normal. See, normal kind of sucks when you break normal down. (laughs) What's normal? I just want want a normal relationship. Okay. Well, normal is let's jump from bed to bed with different people until you find someone you can tolerate. Marry them. The average marriage lasts seven years in our country. So go be normal. Or 61% of people who get married will end in divorce. So go be normal. Sounds fabulous. For the record, I've been normal in that area. And you say, man, if I can just get divorced, it's over. No, 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 no. You never get rid of them. Ever. Ever. And I'm sure they're saying the same thing about me. Ever. But hey, that's cool. It's normal. Here's today's principle. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. It's not working. When you pull the veil off your eyes and you look at normal and you realize you're like a, like a, a rat in a wheel spinning around and round and round, but you keep doing it. Ah, but if you want what few people have, Do what few people are willing to do. Dare I say, be weird. See, nobody decides the type of life that you want to have except you. There is no right or wrong, but most of you will never even get to the phase in life where you're willing to dream because you've bought into the institution of normal. And the song, the girl says, I'm done. I'm feeling a little bit peculiar. I'm done with what everyone else says I have to do because what everyone else says I have to do is just not working. If you want a normal life, live like normal people. But if you want to live life by your rules, by what excites you, by what gets you going, then it's time you evaluate what's important in your life 
and you evaluate what's not important in your life, and you get out and you start chasing your dreams regardless of whether anybody else around you understands it. And OBTW, they will not understand it. It's going to be one of those mornings, the air ain't working, the lights are flickering, it's hot. I can't help but think if the enemy loves the fact that we live life normal. I, I, I can't help but think that maybe a message like this that's not being taught all over the place is so vital because God forbid if those who were Christ followers started living the life they were created for instead of the life they're told they're supposed to live, what would happen? How many people entered into a marriage? Why? Because everyone said, oh, you guys are so great together and that's just what you're supposed to do. How many people have stayed at a job for years they hated to retire with their gold watch but were miserable for 40 years? Couldn't pay the bills for 40 years because that's what you do. It's a good job with good benefits. Someone asked me recently, said, how, how did you step out and start doing what you do? I'm going to tell you how. Because I never stepped into normal. Ever. I'll never forget being in Bible college. I went to a Bible college that met at night. So most of the people in the Bible college were older people. They were married. They had children. They had full-time jobs, and they went to school at night. There was about 85 people in the Bible college. Of those 85 people, to my knowledge, two people, myself included, two people are in full-time ministry today. You know why? Because... We weren't comfortable at our established job. We weren't comfortable at our established house. It was nothing for us to walk away from everything and chase our dreams because we never allowed normal to set up in our life. Normal for me is exactly what I do. It's not normal for you. It wasn't normal for my wife seven years ago. But ask her seven years in now, it's pretty normal. Gary, how are we going to pay that? I don't know, we'll figure it out. She's used to me coming home now and saying, you know what business I'm about to start? <laughs> what? She don't even really question it now. It used to be all kinds of questions. I remember Christina and I got married. I came home one day. It's my favorite, one of my favorite stories. She said, what'd you do today? I said, well, I went to lunch with this person, had a meeting with this person, and I did some stuff on Facebook over here. She's like, oh, you didn't work? And I said, no, I worked. She's like, huh? And I had to look at it. I'll never forget. I looked at her and I said, here's what you need to understand. There will never not be money in the account. And you will never be a day late on any bill. But you'll probably never be able to comprehend what I do for a living because it will change by the day. And she didn't like that. It kind of freaked her out. And now it's all she knows. Now she reminds me of that. Breathe. God's got this. We get so busy and normal, so worried about our 401K. It's, it's so funny. So many people won't live today 
because they're worried about their retirement 20 years from now. Forget that. I don't want to start living when I'm 70. That's normal. I want to live today. I want to seize every moment and every opportunity. Because normal just isn't working for a lot of people. And the teachings of Jesus, man, were so weird. I mean, think about it. Jesus took things whole another level, if you will. Bible said, hey, don't commit adultery. Jesus came along and said, don't even look at her. Because if you look at her, you've committed it in your mind. Jesus came along and said, hey, you want to be first? Be last. And if you're already last, guess what? You get to be first. That's weird. Doesn't make complete sense. Jesus came along and said, when you give, it'll be given to you. What? Thought I had to hoard and save. He said, Gavin, it'll be given to you. (laughs) Jesus said, if someone hurts you, bless them. We serve a weird Savior. And by weird, I don't mean bad. I mean countercultural. This book is countercultural to the way society lives. And when we look at our lives and wonder why our lives are not working, maybe it's because we're not living that weird life that Christ said live. And be honest, your life is not working in general. Most people we know are living life going through the motions. Sure, their life looks great on fake book. Out on the lake today. Dance the night away. On vacay. Oh, God, my wonderful spouse. I'm like, you just told me you hated that person and wanted to kill them in their sleep. We are the fakest society of people ever. You always got that one person in your family, man. You can have like a family get together where all hell breaks loose, like it's World War III breaks. I know it doesn't happen in your family functions. It don't matter how bad it gets, though, at the end, though, hey, let's all gather for a picture. And then on Facebook, it's like, such a great Thanksgiving. Like some of them got blood coming down their nose, you know. Like, one passed out drunk. We got that picture that looked good. You know. Fake. Because we want everybody to think we're normal. Normal's not working. God said, love those who hate you. Pray for those who hate you. I got to be honest, that's weird. Because I'm going to punch them in the nose. I want to punch a lot of people I love in the nose. So you can imagine. I, I, I'll tell you how unchristian I can be sometimes. Just today, in the lobby, someone said, have you heard anything about from so-and-so? I said, I hope they're dead. I ain't saying I'm always the greatest Christian. 
Oh, was it you, Sandra? That laugh reminded me it was you that asked that. <laughs> I said, I hope they're dead. I don't care. I walked away and felt bad about it for two seconds. But what I'm saying is that's our natural instinct sometimes. Jesus came along and said, man, be weird. I should have looked at them and been like, man, I don't know, but I hope their life is being blessed. And I hope they're thriving. And I hope, man, they're doing phenomenal things. But it's so anti our natural instinct. Jesus came along and said, someone punches you in the cheek, turn the other cheek. He said, don't just forgive someone one time. He said, forgive them 70 times, seven times. The the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of Scripture, (laughs) they lead us off the normal path, the broad path, and they take us down that narrow path. And if you want what normal people have, keep going with the flow of what everyone else is doing. But if you want freedom, you want to be released from the chains of being accepted by people that honestly you don't even like, go down that narrow path. Oh, by the way, that's good preaching, whether you understand what I'm preaching or not. I'm trying to give you freedom today. Society says, don't quit that job. You say, man, I have more freedom in this new path I've taken than I ever had in my life. Yeah, but you don't have security. You know, in all the times I've read this book, I've never seen anywhere where security is a qualification for life. Dare I say that security puts you in a position to dampen your faith. There's something crazy about your faith growing when COVID hits. And you look at your wife and be like, oh, we had seven big events in seven weeks and they're gone. You know, when we thought we was doing really good in the savings account, almost feeling cocky about it. How long can that last now? Well, well, God better provide. And he provides every single time. That's faith. But you'd rather have security. Hey, I can go ahead and give you the date. March 27th is when they shut everything down. A lot of you realize there's no such thing as security on March 27th. All that stuff you put your security in because it was normal. Someone told me, I remember always hearing, man, get you a government job. There's nothing more secure. Boy, they're slashing budgets right and left now. The government's realizing what we already knew. It don't take 15 people to dig that ditch on the side of the road. There'll be a lot of changes to what people thought was secure. When Christine and I started dating, People find this surprising about us because they thought she was just interested in my sex appeal, which I understand. I understand. Who could blame her? But we had big time discussions, did we not? About what we wanted our life to look like. How about this? This is freaky out real quick. Before we ever went on our first date, 
we talked about, hey, if this goes somewhere, what does that look like? Because here's the deal. If we're just going to date a couple of times, it's probably not the best thing for our church for us to do that. So what do you want out of life? Here's what I want out of life. And we made no bones about it to the place where we wanted to live, to what she wanted out of life, to what I wanted to do for a career and what she wanted to do and how we wanted to raise kids. And that doesn't mean we've always seen eye to eye since that time. But it was funny. All you were like, they rushed into everything. We had deeper discussions in three weeks before we ever dated than most people have in three years before they get married. Because I made it very clear, I don't want a normal life. And she made it very clear, she didn't want a normal life. And we made it very clear, here's some things we want in life. It's funny, we're looking for a house now, we're looking for something very specific. And so many times people are like, why would you want that? Because it's what we want for the life that we want to live. There's nothing wrong with someone wanting to live a different life. But it's not what we want to do. We don't, it just doesn't make sense. I don't care. For the first four years we were together, her grandfather, her grandfather is probably the smartest businessman I've ever met in my life. Successful financially, sharp as a tack. I mean, just bam, for four years. Now, what do you do for a living? When are you going to settle down and get a real job? One day I remember looking at him and saying, Hal, you know, I take care of Christine pretty good. And we take care of our family pretty well. And we're pretty blessed. And I know you don't get it, but it seems to work. And I remember him saying, yeah, you're right. And never brought it up again. He has a sense of normal. His sense of normal is 50 years and a gold watch. Awesome. That's not our sense of normal. I sense of normal of, man, let's move to Alaska tomorrow and then move somewhere else 10 years from now. And you're like, you need to settle down. Why? I got about, I'm 44. I got 80 more years on this earth with advances in technology and stuff. I mean, I'm good to go. We decided what works for us and what didn't work for us. Decided we weren't going to live normal. And I can say it's been one of the most fulfilling seven years of my life. It's been one of the craziest. There's been nights I've slept with one eye open next to her. But it's been fulfilling and purpose-filled and impactful. And we don't care who likes it and doesn't like it. And there's times my family doesn't like it and times her family doesn't like it. But guess what? We don't answer to them. Normal wasn't working for us. Two quick thoughts and we're done today because I'm hungry. Weird people don't think like normal people. When you see what you want and you think what you want, don't worry about what other people are doing. Go after what you want. Go after what you do. So many of us live our life simply copying what other people do. That doesn't work. What works for Christine and I won't work for you. What works for my father-in-law and his wife doesn't work for us. 
what works for my brother-in-law doesn't work for us. Doesn't make them wrong. You blaze your own path. Not everybody wants to have four kids and bring home every stray there is and live in the ghetto of Canton. But it works for us. I've got a buddy of mine. I love him to death. But he's been spinning his wheels for years. And here's why he spins his wheels. Anytime I do anything, within two weeks, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah, what I just did. I'm going to start a wrestling promotion. I'm, I'm going to start hosting festivals. Man, literally, man, we found this little kid we're going to bring in our house. And none of it works. Why? Because he's a follower instead of a leader. I can't tell you how many times I've said, man, you need to get along with God and figure out your path in life. Just to toy with him at times, because I'm a jerk like that. I'll come up with the most obscure, craziest thing, and I'll be like, hey, man, have you thought about doing blam, 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 blam? Crazy stuff that makes no sense. I'd never, and I ain't doing that within two weeks. And you know what I'm thinking about doing? Yeah, what I told you to do two weeks ago, you idiot, I was kidding. Man, weird people don't think like normal people. They blaze their own path. They sit back and they evaluate their lives. And they decide what they want out of life. The Bible says this in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. You know why you can't figure out God's will for your life? Because you're conforming to what the world says you ought to do. Hey, can I educate you? Not because you're bad people. It doesn't happen as much anymore around here. But for years, so many people have tried to get us to conform this church into what every other church is. There's nothing wrong with what every other church is. But if we're going to be just like them, let's save ourselves a lot of work and just go join them. You know how nice it'd be to go to church and sit and not have to preach every week? Quit trying to be like everybody else and figure out what God wants for you. Don't live like normal people. Normal people's their lives aren't working. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Talking to someone recently, and they recently, they were big into the outdoors. And they said, I used to always love the outdoors. I said, what happened? Well, they got married, and their wife wasn't near the outdoors. So they changed who they were. Why get married to someone who's going to make you change who you are? Get after what you love. You get one shot at life. Life is freaking amazing. I have more fun asleep than most people have awake. God, I love life. When life is crazy and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, I love life. Because it's awesome and when it's gone, it's gone. Two people loosely affiliated with this church passed away this week. Both of them unexpected. You get one shot at life and you're busy living like everyone else. That's miserable. Stop thinking like everyone else. The message version of the Bible translates that verse, Romans 12, 12 this way. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And that's what the media does. It turns us into sheep. 
who can't even think on her own, on both sides of the spectrum. It's like we can't even think anymore. We need to fix our attention on God. God, what do you want in my life? See, the problem is we make our plans for our life and then ask God to get involved in it. Instead of asking God where he's moving and asking him to help us get involved in where he's moving. Weird people don't think like normal people. The Bible says as a man thinks, so he is. Don't ever underestimate the power of thinking. Your mind dictates where you go in life. When you view the world like everyone else because you're told to view the world like everyone else, you become normal. And God created you as a masterpiece. You're not made to be normal. You're made to be unique. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist said. Hit you fall in line like everyone else. I want my kids growing up weird. Weird. Tell my kids all the time, you chase whatever dream you have. I'm probably the only dad in the world that 100% discourages college. Unless they're doing something that requires college. I, I, I want to go start my own business. Then. Why do you want to go to college? Why do you want to get $100,000 in debt? To go ahead and start a business. I can put you around some of the sharpest business people in the world. Go chase your dreams. I want to be a chef. Awesome. Then you need to start thinking about being a chef today. My 16-year-old just took a job at the Waffle House. You know why? Because one of the premier chefs in our community said, man, if he wants to learn how to work a kitchen, he needs to go work at the Waffle House. He said, if he can work at a Waffle House, he can work at I want my kids chasing their dreams. I don't care if their dreams make them $15,000 a year. Who cares? Go chase your dreams. We teach our kids to be normal. We freak out when they're different. Why? Normal's not working. Have you seen normal kids? They're obnoxious. I want to slap the crap out of them. <laughs> normal people say, can I do this? Weird people say, should I do this? If I do this, how does it navigate the steps of my life? I read this the other day, talking about the power of our mind. Normal people with their finances think day to day because they're broke. How am I going to get through today? If you're not quite broke, you think week to week. Week to week. The average person who's somewhat okay financially, I put myself in that category, we think month to month. Millionaires think year to year. Generation to generation. Their mindset dictates what they're doing in life. You want to be poor? Think poor. Because as you think, you'll live. Are you preaching the power of positive thinking? I'm preaching the power of the mind. Philippians talks a lot about it. Some of you are just so busy 
living your life normal. You know what normal is? Normal is sending your 15-year-old daughter on a date with an 18-year-old hairy-legged guy that precisely has one thing on his mind. Teaching her to find her validation in some piece of trash who wants one thing. But that's normal. Just find you a good man. I heard a preacher say this this week, and it kind of thought was interesting. He said, normal is sleeping with a half dozen people, essentially doing married things on the front side of marriage. Move in together, pretend like you're married, without ever actually entering into the covenant of marriage. After your pretend marriage has pretend marriage issues, you break up in your pretend divorce. And that's why when you get married, your first option is divorce because that's how you lived it out in the trial run. Because that's what society says do. Man, normal's working. Keep thinking like normal people. Weird people don't live like normal people live. When you take scripture seriously, you begin to read and live your life based on the Bible. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, and I gotta get out of here. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, I urge you as people that this world's not even your home to abstain from sinful desires. Wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that they may accuse you of doing wrong. They may say your good deeds and glorify God. The Bible says, hey, be different. Live in such a way that the unchurched world says, what's different about those people? They don't have a perfect marriage, but man, that marriage can sustain anything. Man, they're not rich, but golly, man, look what they're able to do financially. Man, they're blazing their own trail. Or you can live normal. We have a church full of people in this country of people just living through the motions. They play church on Sunday. Come get them a dose of Jesus. Shoot up on Jesus on Sunday. As it starts to run out there back the next week doing their duty. Right at 10 o'clock sharp and leave at 11 o'clock dull. Live like hell the rest of the week but they did their duty because they're in church on Sunday. That's normal. Came to church. What would happen if we were weird, though, and we lived the life of Christ followers out in society? I didn't say we lived the life of a churchgoer and what our society says church people should act like. It's funny, my wife comes home and she talks about women in her Bible study. And you know the ones that she talks about the most are a couple of women that are about as raw as they get. Don't have the cleanest mouths. Like a little bit of wine. Like to have a good, all the things that the church says you shouldn't do. And she's like, God, these women are amazing women of faith. Because the church for so long has put the faith on all the external activities instead of the internal heart. World's not looking for a bunch of fake, perfect Christians. It's looking for some people that are like, yeah, man, our marriage is nuts. She tried to stab me three times. (laughs) We got through it. Yeah, man, we go through hard times, but guess what? With the power of God, we got through it. 
Keep living normal. But I want to ask you this, and I'm going to close out. Be honest with yourself. Is normal really working? Is it? Are you truly happy and content with the life you're living? That's hard to evaluate in your own life and admit you're not. But I'm afraid the large majority of us would say we're not. We're not happy. We're just normal. Be weird. Be a little peculiar. Got to change your mindset. You got to change the way you live. Let's pray.